Next on BYU Sports Nation, power up those football schedules and embrace independence. What's the one thing you want to see on future BYU schedules? BYU linebacker Butch, Butch Pau right smack in the middle of a gauntlet schedule. He joins us live in Studio B. What's the best part of the bye week, Spencer? Plus, BYU football debuts their ode to Michael Jackson, college basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy, and the match of the year for BYU women's volleyball. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's... Spencer Linton, and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision. The party's here on the west side, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, October 28th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Welcome, friends. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with candy elitist Brian Logan. How about you, boy? Um, Let me know where you guys are going to be at during Halloween. I'll let you know the best houses to go to. Uh, depending on your candy selection, if you like chocolates, if you like, you know, fruity things, whatever the case is, let me know, man. I'll let you know, let you, let you guys know where to be at, time, all that good stuff. What are you giving away at your house? Uh, nothing. So what I usually do is, <laughs> I mean, okay, I give stuff away. I, what I do is I get two bowls of candy and I just put, you know, I, uh, I, I dump them out and I leave them on the front porch and I just say, you know, take some. I don't say take one because that's just not realistic. I just say take some. And then, yeah, and then I walk away and with my son and my wife, and then we go get our own candy. Come back with, like, five bags, you know, pillowcases. <laughs> when is it too old to do some trick-or-treating? When are you too old, I should say? I mean, you're never too old. It all depends on, like, how, like, just your, how embarrassed you are, you know, with it. It's easy for me because I have, I have kids. So I'm just like, hey, yeah, yes, I'm good. Oh, yeah, this is for yeah. my Four-year-old, five-year-old. Yeah, all day, man. I'm like, ooh, don't get that one. Layton, don't get the chocolate one. Don't get the Snickers. Yeah, get the Starburst. Get the Skittles. Yeah, man. So it depends. I don't know. If I I didn't have kids, I still would be trick-or-treating. Hey, good news. You can trunk-or-treat with BYU football on Monday night. On Halloween. This is not a joke. From 5 to 6.30, if you're local in the south lot of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU football is hosting a trunk-or-treat. They went as far as producing a full-on video and invitation and may or may not have thrown in an ode to Michael Jackson. Listen to what Butch Pau said with all of his teammates pretending to be asleep or dead around him. What's up, everyone? On behalf of the BYU football team, we invite everyone to the BYU football trunk or treat this upcoming Monday, October 31st. We invite everyone to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Our event begins at 5 and ends at 6.30 in the South Parking Lot. Us coaches and players will be there. Can't wait to see y'all. Go Cougs! And they all rise. I love that Jonah right. Trinneman is trying so hard not to laugh right. the whole time Butch is talking. Look, you got some dabs in there too, man. You got. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take them to get that down? To get to, uh, <laughs> Coach Taki in there. Man. We're um, going to talk to Butch Powell about that. He's going to join us in about 10, 12 minutes, and we'll ask him. One, how he got the role of being the spokesperson and how long it took to rehearse that and make that uh, <laughs> you wanted, the way they yeah. wanted it to be. You wonder how many, if it was like five takes. Take t- 233. 
<laughs> the people laughing. You're just you're supposed laughing. to be asleep. Right, you're them. supposed to be dead, man. Why are you laughing right now? <laughs> Messing things up. Oh, good stuff from BYU football. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball will play their first exhibition game tomorrow night. When they host Seattle Pacific 9 Eastern, you can watch that game live on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, or listen on BYU Radio. The number five women's soccer team beat St. Mary's last night 4-0. to zero. Michelle Vasconcelos had a goal and two assists. Ashley Hatch had her 16th goal of the season in the game. Uh, they play Pacific tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, and you can hear that game on BYU Radio or the BYU Radio app. Jerem Jordan was calling for two goals from Ashley Hatch on this road trip. She got one of them last night. 16th-ranked BYU women's volleyball will host the West Coast Conference Match of the Year tonight. A top-20 showdown against number 5 San Diego. That game will also air live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. 9 Eastern Conference title... On the line. As well as it's a costume contest, I think, too, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> if you're there, dress up. Yes. Lots of Cougars in the NFL this Sunday. Kyle Van Noy makes his debut with the Patriots as they face the Buffalo Bills. Ziggy Ansah and the Lions face the Houston Texans. Danny Sorensen and the Chiefs go up against the Indianapolis Colts. And that's just scratching the surface, really, with Cougars in the NFL. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It's time we take a stand with independence. Mm. Trust me, I know a lot of you are frustrated or were frustrated, upset, and in some cases, downright heartbroken over the Big 12's decision not to expand, and once again, leave BYU out. But you know what? Tom Homo, the athletic director, leading the charge for BYU athletics, already moving forward, and doing so by powering up the future football schedules. In the last 48 hours or so, BYU has officially added a two-game series against Minnesota out of the Big Ten and extended the series with Utah yep. by two games. So that's four more Power 5 games on the docket moving forward. Which brings us to our Twitter question. What is the one thing you want to see in future BYU football schedules? First tweet in at Justin D. Sweeney. Uh, Utah every season. Uh, Boise, Utah State in November. And Notre Dame in Provo, yeah. hashtag you owe us one. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see Notre Dame on the schedule. I think because of the whole independence factor, I think that is a rivalry that that's that the conference game, bro. Needs to happen. That's the conference game yes. right there, man. BYU and Notre Dame should play each other on a regular basis. It just makes sense. I don't think that it's going to happen, but but I can see why he wants that, and I'm I'm right there with him. Yeah, I I, I would love that too. So if they don't come, we what we we get money. Is that how that works? They have to buy their way out of an agreement. BYU played two games in South Bend, mm-hmm. so technically the Cougars are owed at least one. The original agreement was that the two schools would play six Ooh. games Oh, yeah, I remember overall, that. I remember that. Four in South Bend and two in Provo. And then, but we, got then, good. then we got good. Notre Dame, well, not that. <laughs> Notre Dame agreed to a conference scheduling uh, a conference scheduling agreement with the ACC yeah. that – had to push a team like push BYU aside, yeah, and for a couple of years, even Michigan out of yeah. their usual traditional lineup. I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't mind getting some extra money from that. 
Either way, BYU will get paid or they will get that home game with Notre Dame. I know Tom Homo is working uh, very intensely to try and get Notre Dame somewhere to come back to Provo. On those lines, what I want want. is an agreement for BYU with the Pac-12 conference like Notre Dame has with the ACC. And what that is is five guaranteed games. Mm. So Notre Dame has five guaranteed games against ACC opponents. I want BYU to have those guaranteed games every year okay. with Pac-12 folks. Okay. And along with that, Notre Dame gets some added bowl tie-ins through the ACC. Can mm. BYU get in on the bowl tie-ins with the Pac-12 with that agreement? You, like the Rose Bowl? I don't know. The Rose Bowl? I want to say Notre Dame has... They have a window of like twelve years. Like they can in twelve years, they, if they're good enough, they can go to the Orange Bowl oh, okay, twice. Okay, okay. So BYU, I mean, it would be an outlier, but yeah, yeah you know, yeah, some, maybe yeah. once every ten years, BYU has an agreement where they could go to the Rose Bowl I, if they're good I, I enough like and this. ranked high enough. I, I, like, I don't know. It makes sense, man. I mean, I mean, Utah's already there, right? Uh, for BYU to. I mean, we, we've discussed this, you know, so many times. It makes it makes the most sense. They're already playing yeah, a ton of y- Pac-12 teams. Yeah, and been played. I mean, you look at even when I played in 2010, 2010 we played Washington. Um, 2009, the bowl game, we played Oregon State. So I mean, yeah, they've since Independence, it's been crazy. So it, it's a it's a good fit. What what I want, uh, Spencer, is more mid-level P5 schools on the schedule. Okay, what is a mid-level P5? Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, and, and I mean, it's it's perfect with with what Tom Homo did, you know, yesterday in the announcement uh, or a couple of days ago with with Minnesota. That's that's a more than a, a winnable game. Uh, traditionally, they you know, Minnesota is a mid level P five school. You know, a school that um, has decent talent. A, a school that every once in a while may creep up and maybe be in a top twenty five. Maybe maybe give a, a run. Uh, at a conference title, uh, but traditionally, you know that they're 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 winnable games and, and they're beatable games um, for BYU. Uh, and and what I think this does, Spencer, is it puts BYU on a more of a national scale and, and relevance than what they already currently have. And you know we talked about it earlier. You think five five P five games is enough? To me, that's not. I don't I don't buy it because there's a number of different type of of, of P five schools you can have. Right. And so you have your Alabamas and your, you know, Wisconsin's LSUs. And I think that BYU should have, you know, one to three of those every year, guaranteed. And then you have one maybe, to three elite yeah, power five yeah. teams on the schedule. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Yeah. And then maybe two. OK, maybe one to two. Maybe, and then the rest I would have, you know, uh, P5 uh, or the mid tier P5 schools, So like the Minnesotas. Who else would fall into that category? I mean, let's give some people an idea. I would say like Ohio State, uh, maybe like an Oregon State, right? Which is a little... Wait, wait. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, Iowa State. I'm sorry. Iowa State. <laughs> like okay. an Iowa State. Ohio State. Like a, like a an Iowa, Iowa State. Like an Iowa okay. State. Okay. Um, Oregon State. You know, like an Oregon State, uh, Washington State. I mean, those are those are you know decent teams, uh, but they you know are winnable. Indiana. Right? And yeah, yeah, exactly. That, th- those are winnable games. Mississippi Ken- State. Kentucky. Mississippi State. Right. Yeah. Kentucky. Right. So again, winnable games. Challenging to BYU, but winnable games. Um, and so then I would then I would just sprinkle in Boise State. Uh, like a Cincinnati, and then maybe like a, some lower end schools like a Fresno State or a San Jose State, maybe a Utah State. Sorry, Ben, but um, that's what I think, man. And, and it helps out with 
with uh with with recruiting. Um, but then you look at the injuries, right? And you look at how tough and how grueling these schedules are, and and that right there is why you have less. You know, uh, bigger schools like Michigan State's LSU's, but more of the the um, the Minnesotas, the Michigan States, or the um, uh, Mississippi States. Why don't we take a look at just how grueling the future schedules are in terms of Power Five opponents? Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Over the next five seasons, BYU will play 25 games against Power 5 opponents. Do the math. That is five Power 5 opponents on average over the next five seasons. Brian says he wants a few more than that. Yeah, But you want them to be middle-tier teams. Yes. Winnable. Here is the problem with that. It's so difficult to get teams to agree to come to Provo. So for Tom Homo to get Mississippi State and Minnesota and UCLA and Wisconsin to agree to come to Provo at some point Mm -hmm. is remarkable. It's very difficult to convince them, yes, you want to do this. Yes. Well, this is the thing, man. With the the college football playoffs, right, Um, and and – when you, I think the biggest thing for all the conferences is what are you doing outside of your conference, right? So the, the non-conference schedules. And you saw it a lot this year with, you know, Pac-12 versus the SEC and all these different, you know, conferences uh, matching up before conference play. And uh, BYU is a school that makes sense. It makes sense, you know, it's a, it's a winnable game in the eyes of these schools. Um, and it's going to help boost our overall um, – you know, uh, schedule and, and strength of schedule, right? And the perception of it. So instead of playing a Western, you know, Valley, Mississippi State, Southern, right? You get to play BYU and it makes more sense and more appealing uh, to the, the college playoff committee. Everybody wants to pad the resume. So that is beneficial to BYU. Looking ahead at the next two years, because those I feel like are within reach. 2017, you open with LSU. Then BYU will host Utah. They will host Wisconsin. See, that's your three right there. A bye week is scheduled. Utah State on a Friday night, late September. Then BYU will host Boise before traveling to Mississippi State. How about those first six games? See, and then I'm I'm okay with East with at East Carolina next, right? See that that I feel like that is a sneaky game because it's in the Eastern Time Zone and East Carolina. No, I agree with you. They're, I, they're an okay group of five teams, and that would be the same thing with with like a Cincinnati, right? But this like now you move into the San Jose State, the Fresno State, the UNLV. I would like to have a Minnesota, um, you know, a Oregon State, a Washington State, you know, there, and and then yeah, I think I think you still have a UMass, which would be next, and then obviously, I mean, it's Hawaii. Go to Hawaii, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, have Hawaii come, have that series. I know but, that the back half of that schedule is not great, but nope. that. It takes time. And knowing that independence would take some time to get really good schedules, Tom Homo did what he could, but look at 2018, Brian. In 2018, BYU at Arizona to open, Cal at home, at Wisconsin, at Washington, mm-hmm. at Boise State in November, <laughs> nice. and yep. at Utah to end the season. Two meaningful games in November. So it, you see the transition is mm-hmm. happening right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think as you look further on, you start seeing those as well. And it's easy right now, and it's been easy for you know Tom to schedule 
BYU um, playing away, you know, at Wisconsin, right, and at Notre Dame and all these places. But then now you're starting to see it come come right back, right? So I think you he'll still have a good opportunity. It'll still be easy to schedule BYU, you know, away. But now that you're starting to have these come back to you since you've been independent, I think it'll be a lot easier to fill up the back end of the schedule or the overall schedule, you know, with more of these P5 schools. And look at, you know, 2018 is exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know, Arizona, Cal, Washington, uh, or, or Wisconsin, but um, uh, there, but Washington right after. Those, those, are, those to me are winnable games. Washington is a little bit different because of um, the new coaching change and, and, and how they've elevated, but... Uh, you know, traditionally, like when I played them, they have been, you know, they weren't good. You know what I mean? We, they came in here in Provo and we, uh, you know, whooped up on them a little bit. So, uh, you know, those are always decent games. And it's just it's just national relevancy at the at the very end of the day. That's what it really comes down to. You know what I mean? Is is how can BYU how can BYU stay in 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 the national conversation? And and when you have schedules like this. As a recruit, I can sit here and say, man, I don't want to play, you know, in the Pac-12 where Cal and Arizona and all these, you know, I can go and play multiple schools. I could play Minnesota. I could play here. I could play there. I could be on national TV, you know, every week. And that's what happens, right? With with you see you see BYU and all these all the TV scheduling, right, with ESPN. And then what happens towards the end of the season? They don't really. They're not really on national TV, right, in the spotlight like they've been in the first couple of weeks. Right, you may be on like a Fox, like like a um, CBS Sports or whatever, right? But as far as ESPN in the prime time, right? Now I have a counterpoint to okay. all of this, and we will discuss Do that it. next. Do it. Why the 2017 schedule is perfect okay. for a special BYU run. Oh, it is okay. perfect. Okay. I will tell you that next on BYU Sports I'm Nation. Ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Brian Logan. I can't wait. Up next, more of that conversation and your tweets. Plus, Ken Pomeroy, the college basketball stats guru, is going to join us in a bit as well. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Happy Friday, everyone. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. You can follow BYU Sports Nation for the latest and use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to have your opinion heard. Tomorrow night on BYU TV and BYU Radio, the BYU Hoops team begins exhibition play as they host Seattle Pacific at the Marriott Center. The game tips off at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. You can also listen to it on BYU Radio. I know a lot of you were looking forward to Butch Pau, the sophomore star linebacker from BYU football. Apparently, he has taken on a full role with Michael Jackson and Thriller. Mm, There's too too much for him, man. (laughs) Too much for him. He's not going to make it today to Studio B. We'll get Butch on uh, in the very near future and effort that for sure. Sleeping, man. (laughs) We probably were right when we said like how many takes did it did it take them? Like they're probably at like three o'clock in the morning. They finally got it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why those guys are laughing. They're all delirious, you know. Our Twitter question no today, sleep. what is the one thing you want to see in future BYU football schedules? Brian and I were just discussing the 2017 rundown, and Brian was saying, look, it's great to play these big teams, these big names early in the season, but the back half not feeling it so much. Well, I'm here to tell you, Next year is exactly what BYU needs to make a magical run 
at 10 plus wins. And here is why, Brian. They have inherited Mm -hmm. or taken on, in a way, the Boise State model, but it's a little bit better than what Boise does because BYU plays more notable games by one or two compared to Boise. And here's what the Broncos have done. They've scheduled good teams early. Yep. They win those two or three games. They get ranked, and then they run the gauntlet of mm-hmm. their conference. I shouldn't yep. say gauntlet. It's just they just run through the conference. Yeah, literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And finish 11-1 or 12-0 and go to the New Year's Six game. And then they play a team in that New Year's Six Bowl that – doesn't want to be there, and they beat they, them because they, you know, literally are out of the play, the playoffs or a big, you know, bowl game, and they're kind of mad or whatever. And they're like, I don't want to play Boise State. We should have been, we should have been here. And then they don't show up, you know, to the game. And then Boise they, wins, and then Boise wins. Yeah. See Arizona two years ago playing Boise State, who was ranked, I think, twenty second mm-hmm. at the time. Boise State beat yeah. a top ten Arizona team in the Fiesta Bowl and won another New Year six game. Exactly, it's a it's a it's a nice little formula they have going on. So BYU in twenty seventeen, you look at the LSU game and you're like, whoa, LSU SEC powerhouse. That game's going to be in Houston. It'll be a de facto home game for all of the LSU fans. That team is going to have a new staff. They mm-hmm. will not have Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, they can't throw the ball well, Brian. Right. A good matchup for BYU by timing. Yes, perfect. So an opportunity for the Cougars with Tanner Mangum coming back in year two of the pro-style offense and the staff's not in their first year to go and shock LSU. Utah is a home game for BYU, and mm-hmm. that will matter. Wisconsin, that's a tough game. Yep. If BYU can go 2-1 and one in those first three They're in business. Mm -hmm. Then a bye week, which is great. Not having a bye week after a brutal eight-game schedule like this year. So a break before they play against Utah State. And then BYU hosts Boise. Mm -hmm. And BYU is 2-0 against Boise State in their last two games at home. Mm -hmm. So you have really good teams on your home field. Utah, Wisconsin, and Boise State you got to go to Mississippi State. That is a very tricky game in SEC country. They'll be better than they were this year. So I, I don't know. What I'm thinking is if BYU can get through the first six at four and two, then, Brian, this is why the back six are exactly what they need. A la Boise State, just take care of business against teams you're supposed to handle. Mm-hmm. And BYU will likely add an FCS opponent next year. Because they get to play Hawaii so that they can get a sixth home game. Right now, they only have five home games scheduled. Mm -hmm. They'll add an FCS team. I'd be shocked if they don't. They'll play 13 games. BYU takes care of business in the back half. 10-3 and or 11-2. and (laughs) Hooey! No, I like it, man. I like it. I like it. No, I think think you're right as far as the opportunity, you know, with this schedule. What I'm trying to say is this, man, is is I think – that as as BYU if BYU continues to have you know schedules like this and and let's say they do you know win out and and they end up two and three you know or ten and three and all that good stuff that's that's fine but I, I feel like you're always gonna have haters or whatever people look at and, and analyze that back half and say look man yeah they played all these great teams 
But let's look at let's look at the back half, man. They haven't played anybody. You kind of have this drop off, right? But and if BYU so, can be relevant when they get to the back half, that then people will pay attention. Yeah, people will pay attention. But if, let's say they they do somewhat okay. They they're somewhat relevant. And let's say that back half is filled with the with with Cal and Arizona and some middle tier P five schools. Then I think they continue to go up because. Because people are saying, wow, you know, they go to Mississippi, you know, they play SEC school, they play a Big Ten school, they play, you know, all these different conferences, and they're winning right now. Nobody's going to really say too much about a Fresno State or a San Jose State. And this is the thing, dude. But if BYU is ranked, if BYU is ranked, their highlights will be on TV, regardless of who they play. They will. The name will be flashing. You see the top 25 will always be flashing. They're in the apps and all that good stuff, right? But when you look at the primetime spots, not so much. I don't know if ESPN, if that's intriguing for a Fresno State and a BYU. If they're ranked, it is. Mm-hmm. If they're ranked, it matters. Okay. Trust me. Okay, you, you're the TV expert more than me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man. And, and, and in addition to this, when, I, when, I, when, you, when, I, when you go back to recruiting, right, and recruits see more of a uh, P5 schedule, it makes it easier, right, for, them to, to, for that decision on TV more, all that good stuff. And so now you start getting the depth that you need, right? And that's, the, that's been the biggest issue with BYU, period, is, the, is just the depth. And so if you get more depth, you can play more schools like LSU and Utah, Wisconsin, et cetera, right? And, and, and if guys are getting hurt, you're not going to have so much of a drop-off. So when it's time for the back end, you're not hurting right now. Point in case with Jamal, right? You have more, and not saying anything about Squally or anything like that. I'm just saying you have guys that are going to be just the same as your starters. It's not going to be any, as much as a drop off as we've seen in past years. And we've already seen people and, and, and kids and, and higher touted recruits come in. Fred Warner, Troy Warner. Instead of going to SE and Oregon, they're coming here because of the schedule, because you can start right away and make an impact right away, which is what they're doing. And that equals you know, being able to keep, compete at a higher level against these bigger schools. All right, interesting stuff I as win. you look at the 2017 I won. schedule. I won. You, you won what? That debate. Oh, no. <laughs> 2016. 2017 will be special, <laughs> and it's a perfect schedule for it. What is the one thing you want to see in future BYU football schedules is our Twitter question today. Let's go to the Twitter machine and hear from you. you got tweets. At Hansen 25 a team from every Power 5 conference and the best of the G5, like Boise State. Oh, yes. I feel like BYU is doing that this year. I, I like, I like I that. I feel like they have that schedule this year. At Kip Kent, nine P5s each year, seven hey. lower to mid-tier, two marquee, with at least one Power 5 in November that would match or beat Notre Dame's See? schedule. Yes, 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 yes. Too many. That right there. That's Too what I want. Too many. I need that. That's perfect. Up next... Mary Lake of BYU Women's Volleyball for the match of the year, and Ken Pomeroy of College Basketball. Portions of BYU Sports Station brought to you by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Welcome back on a Friday, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Check Spencer and myself out today at 2 p.m. Eastern as we do the weekly BYU Sports Nation Facebook Live Q&A. We answer all your questions live on Facebook about BYU Athletics, the show, and Spencer's favorite hair product. 
Shout all, out to Paul Mitchell. Yes, all that today at 2 p.m. Eastern <laughs> on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook page. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Men's basketball will host their first exhibition tomorrow night when they take on Seattle Pacific 9 Eastern live on BYU TV, the BYU TV app. You can also listen on BYU Radio. Number five, women's soccer team beat St. Mary's last night 4-0. to zero. Michelle Vasconcelos had a goal and two assists. Ashley Hatch had her 16th goal of the season in the game. They play Pacific tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, and you can hear that game on BYU Radio or the BYU Radio app. 16th ranked BYU women's volleyball will host the WCC match of the year tonight. Top 20 showdown against 5th ranked San Diego. That match is on BYU TV and the BYU TV app at 9 Eastern Conference title on the line. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is college basketball stats guru and the mastermind behind KenPalm.com, Ken Pomeroy. Ken, nice to have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You are projecting BYU with seven losses in the regular season. They play 31 regular season games, so 24-7 and seven seems like a pretty good mark, but would that be enough, in your opinion, to get BYU an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament so they're not playing in the NIT like they were last year? Yeah, you know, I think that scenario would, uh, would be another close call. You know, They don't have uh, a ton of impact games in the non-conference. You know, a few good teams sprinkled in there, you know, Illinois, Colorado, USC, uh, Princeton could, could be a team that ends up making the NCAA tournament. And uh, they'll get another game in Vegas, which is not in my predictions, but either Alabama or Valparaiso. So, uh, you know, how they do in those games is, is going to be very important. And then, uh, you know, of course, WCC provides a few opportunities with St. Mary's and, and Gonzaga. But, uh, you know, even those 31 games there, and you can, you can put up a kind of a gaudy record, it's how you do in those oh, what, nine or ten games against, you know, pretty decent competition that's going to determine whether they do get into the tournament. Ken, um, how many wins does BYU need to feel safe about getting in the tournament? Well, uh, yeah, heading into, say, the West Coast Conference tournament, I'd say you know, the minimum would be 24. You know, okay. 24 and 7 would look pretty good. But, you know, they got – they got the 25. They could feel better about that and get two more in the WCC tournament. I mean, you get 27 and, and six. I guess that's how that would work out. Uh, I'm doing the math here. Uh, yeah, I think you know you feel pretty safe at that point. Again, it really depends how you know how some of those other teams do on the non-conference schedule. I mean, you got to be fans of you know, Illinois kind of contending for uh, you know the upper half of the Big Ten and getting themselves in position to get in that large bid. And you know, same for Colorado and USC. I mean, all those teams are kind of in the same boat as BYU right now. You know. They're, Looking at the season with uh, with some optimism, but also you know aware of the fact that uh, getting into the NCAA tournament is an issue at this point. College basketball stats specialist Ken Pomeroy with us on BYU Sports Nation. You brought it up, Ken. Not a ton of, in your words, impact games on BYU's non-conference schedule. They'll get help once they get into conference from Gonzaga and St. Mary's having those four games. But when you look at the non-conference slate of USC, Colorado, Illinois, Valparaiso, and Princeton, on paper. Which of those opponents is shaping up to be the toughest for BYU? Well, that Princeton game uh, really intrigues me. I mean, I have them 35th in my preseason ratings, which is higher than you're going to see in most other places. But uh, you know, they basically uh, bring everybody back from a team that uh, you know was pretty special last season. They also uh, bring back a guy in Hans Frosty, who's uh, their undersized big man who did not play at all last year. So, um, so. It, there's a lot of a lot of talent there that you know. I think you look at the name Princeton and you maybe think, 
you know, there's probably not uh, a high level of basketball being played, but this is a team that, uh, you know, within its own roster has uh, pretty high expectations and uh, start the season off with a, a win, especially maybe even a convincing win against them, I think would be a, a great time for the Cougars. Can Gonzaga and St. Mary's are loaded. Uh, they have experience and they're ranked. So what percent chance does this youthful BYU um, team have to win uh, their first WCC title ever? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, this is a, theoretically kind of a banner year for St. Mary's. I mean, they've always had good teams, but, um, you know, they're bringing back, uh, you know, their entire roster from last season. So, you know, Pretty successful year last year. They were such a tough team to peg because uh, you know, they didn't have a great non-conference schedule, and uh, you know they rolled through the conference pretty well. But uh, you know, kind of won the games they should win and and lost the games they should lose, and it got a season in Gonzaga, and that really kind of like propelled them to you know I think national stature. They still didn't make the NCAA tournament, so um, you know it'll be interesting what they do. Obviously, Gonzaga is Gonzaga. There are a lot of new faces, but a lot of new faces that have played at a high level in other programs. So. Uh, so a tough year for for BYU to win the the conference. I'd I'd put the odds, you know, pretty slim, maybe in the the ten to fifteen percent range. Yeah, I think that's fair given what Gonzaga is bringing back and the transfers that they add, and then the experience that St. Mary's has. BYU, of course, gives the West Coast Conference a great shot to make it a three bid league. What does the WCC need to have happen so that three teams do get into the NCAA tournament? Well, you know, it would really, you say this every year, but it would really help if the rest of the conference kind of did their share, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of new coaches, um, you know, coaching the other six teams this year. Uh, but it would really help if the, the bottom of the conference improved a bit so that uh, games against those teams didn't, you know, hurt, uh, you know, the top three in terms of uh, the RPI or just in terms of national perception even. Um, that would be a good start. But obviously, it's important too for the top team to do well in non-conference. I mean, that's you know, it's so important to uh, kind of establish early in the season, you know, for those top three teams to say, hey, we you know we're legitimately top thirty teams in the country. Um, if you can do that, then you can kind of suffer a couple of upsets in conference play, and you can also um, kind of build on your stature in conference play. You know, those games between BYU and Gonzaga and St. Mary's, um, you know, they're going to be games that people want to see, and people are obviously going to understand that losing those games is uh, not a bad thing at all. It shouldn't damage your tournament chances. So really what happens in November and December is going to be pretty crucial to um, all those three teams' chances. Statistically, how do you project when considering youth and inexperience? <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, very difficult. I mean, uh, no question. Like the situation, uh, you know, BYU is one of those teams where, I mean, they probably have, or maybe five guys who uh, did not play for BYU last year who are going to make significant impacts, you know. Um, and that is a challenge. Uh, you know, the way I do it is, like, you know, look at what guys did in the past at the Division One level, basically, or what they did um, in terms of their recruiting rating. So that, you know, a guy like T.J. Hawes, I mean, I, I know what he was rated going out of high school, and I kind of plug that into the system and... You know, Eric Mika, I mean, I know what he did at BYU as a freshman, so I kind of plugged that into the system. So, um, so it does make an effort to handle them, but no question. Uh, I have a lot more confidence in rating teams, you know, like a St. Mary's where everybody was playing on the team last year, and we kind of have uh, a few more known quantities. You know, it's so hard to project a guy, say, like 
Elijah Bryant, who played, you know, at Elon two years ago, and now he's stepping up in level and he's coming to BYU. And we know what he did at Elon. He was a very good player. How is that going to translate to the WCC? We have some ideas on that, but obviously um, the computers can only go so far. There's a lot of context that it doesn't quite understand, and it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. Ken Pomeroy, contributor for ESPN.com and Sports Illustrated, the creator of KenPom.com, is with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing the Cougars by the numbers as they approach the 2016-2017 season. Looking nationally, Ken, who's the most impressive team in college basketball right now in your projections? Well, I like, uh, I think, just about every other computer and or human. Uh, I have the deep blue double of number one. Um, you know, they bring in easily the best freshman class in the country, although it's a little bit banged up at this point. A couple of the key players are suffering nagging injuries, but um, you know, they bring in a great freshman class, and then they, they bring in some experienced guys uh, from last year, you know, led by uh, their guard, Grayson Allen, who will be one of the leading contenders for player of the year, at least among non-freshmen um, this year. So, uh, you know, by far, uh, I think Duke is the team that is the most impressive. Kind of, you know, following that recipe, modern recipe for a, you know, a super team, if you want to call it that, where they bring back experienced guys who, you know, probably have a future at the next level, and they bring in a great recruiting class with a bunch of guys that have a future at the next level. And so, you know, you put three or four guys on the court that could get drafted highly next year, um, you know, that team figures they win a lot of games. Hard to argue with that. Ken, I know there are a lot of people across BYU Sports Nation that are listening in that love numbers and statistics and want more of this. How can they find more of what you have put out there in your college basketball preview? Yeah, absolutely. Just check out KenPalm.com. Uh, check out the blog. Check out the ratings. Um, and if you're so inclined, you can purchase a subscription for the, the low, low price of $20 for the next 12 months. Fantastic stuff. Nice. Ken, we appreciate the time, man. Always fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was fun. You got it. Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He is one of the leading voices when it comes to computer ratings and statistics and analysis. And it's uncanny how good he is. How accurate it is. Projecting teams. Yes, it's, it's unbelievable how close he is every year. Stats, man. Stats, stats play a pretty big role with with sports, and I think just with everyday life. But Bronco is a huge stats guy, and that's where you know we got the the three pillars, uh, you know, plus twenty four and all that other stuff. But you know, stats don't lie, man. When when we hit all those pillars, we were like ninety seven point thirty something percent. I mean, <laughs> like we would win. It's it's crazy. So that's the, to to have stats and, and kind of formulate your. Um, system or methodology around that, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have. Ken Pomeroy gives BYU a 10 to 15% chance to win their first ever West Coast Conference title and says that Princeton right now looks like their toughest non-conference mm, opponent. Princeton. Not a Power 5 school. Princeton. Princeton. They are solid. Mm. Up next, Mary Lake is going to join us from BYU Women's Volleyball to break down the match of the year tonight live on BYU TV. BYU Sports Station on a Friday presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Bilo, Brian Logan, live from Studio B. If you miss this show, you can always watch the rebroadcast live on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And shame on you for missing this show. If you do, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't. There's apps all over the place. 
um, on demand, all over the place. So, yeah, man, I try to catch it. You know, I I feel ashamed when I can't do it, but it's only if, like, I got to get Spencer's hair product or something like that, you know, if he has me running some <laughs> some errands or whatnot. It's a top 20 showdown on BYU TV this weekend as a 16th ranked women's volleyball team host fifth-ranked San Diego at the Smith Fieldhouse today. The match starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Watch it live on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. Mary Lake on her way to Studio B in just a bit. While we have a moment, let's discuss our Twitter question of the day. What is the one thing you want to see in future BYU football schedules? To the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At BYU LASF Jazz says the entire Big 12 conference so we can run the table and say, Boo yeah! <laughs> Do you really want the Big 12 conference? Uh, no. I don't, I don't know that I, I am interested in the Big 12 Conference anymore. No. I'm, man, if, if it, so I like what you said earlier uh, in the show about scheduling or having the same, a similar deal that Notre Dame has with the ACC, with the, with the Pac-12. I like that same deal with the Big 10. And I just feel with like... the Big 10 or yeah, the Big 12? Big 10. Oh, okay. And the reason why, it's because just the style of play, I feel like BYU matches up well better with that type with that type of play and you look back even a couple years ago with with Wisconsin and except for Michigan (laughs) you look back and and BYU matches well with that style because BYU's mindset and mentality is is physical right it's and as you get more more and better recruits I think you'll be able to match up with the athleticism as well at Nadald underscore Justin more wins fewer losses and dollar cougar tails at football games (laughs) By the way, Dollar Cougar Tales at the BYU women's volleyball match tonight for anyone that is local. As an enticement to get people here so BYU can extend their 42-match home win streak in conference. It's going to take a lot against a top-five team in San Diego that's won 18 matches in a row. I would have made that 50 cents then. You know, 50, well, there you go. 50 cents, yeah. There you go. Again, Nadal underscore Justin, this is for you. If you didn't hear my conversation on why 2017 – shapes up to be something very special for BYU football, then you need to go back and listen to that. That, if you want more wins, the 2017 schedule, I feel like, is the one for you. Because the big names are either in coaching changes or they're in Provo against BYU. And the back half, if BYU can be relevant, they can be 4-2 and in the first six. It's a big ask. I know it's a big ask. Then they are relevant and can run the back half to finish ten and two or ten and three because they I, play thirteen games. I got the blue goggles upside down right now. I'm excited and I, I feel you, but I also am a little nervous and don't know where to go. So because I'm twist <laughs> because I'm twisted right now, <laughs> I turn the glasses upside down. But I still got them on. Still got them on for you. At CP30 Blue, can Tom Homo please schedule more wins against Power Five teams? That's what Brian wants. That deals with, I think it's home games. More home games. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we get you set for the weekend full of BYU athletics and the match of the year. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Brian? Whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. We'll play their first exhibition game tomorrow night when they host Seattle Pacific 9 Eastern. You can watch that game live on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, or listen on BYU Radio. That was pretty fast, man. Soccer. 
the number five women's soccer team beat St. Mary's last night 4-0. to zero. Michelle Vasconcelos had a goal and two assists. Ashley Hatch had her 16th goal of the season in the game. They play Pacific tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can hear that game on BYU Radio or the BYU Radio app. Golf. BYU in second place after the first round of play at the Stockton Pacific Invite. Freshman Rhett Rasmussen is tied for first at four under par. That a boy, Rhett. Swimming and diving. Junior swimmer Preston Jenkins was named the MPSF Male Athlete of the Week. He is currently ranked in the top ten in the nation. The women's team is in Cali today to take on UC Davis. Cross country. Fourth-ranked men's team and 20th-ranked women's team in action today in San Diego at the West Coast Conference Championships. Good luck to both of those teams. Future guests include Trevor Maddich on Halloween. A Maddich Monday on Halloween. What is he going to be for Halloween? Mm, Taysom Hill. (laughs) Maybe so. Uh, Joining us now... Uh, a young lady who has enjoyed a fantastic freshman season for BYU women's volleyball, freshman libero Mary Lake. Mary, welcome Hi. to Studio <laughs> B. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, first and foremost, how's, uh, how's Amber, your knee brace, doing these days? My knee brace is great. She's trooping along, helping me every day. <laughs> we always talk about my knee brace. But she's good. I need her. <laughs> Heather Olmsen didn't know about Amber. She didn't know that your knee brace had a name. She's like, why would I know that? <laughs> I don't really publicly announce that I named my knee brace. Do where, where, does, um, Amber, right? Yeah. Does, um, does she have like a Facebook page or like Twitter? No, can goodness, we, no. Can we, why not? I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that might. to myself. I, yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was trying to, I was trying to follow her right now. <laughs> so, you know, keep up, up to date with things. Okay, no. your athletic director, Tom Homo, tweeted out the following last night. Cougs, if you're going to see one volleyball game in person this year, tomorrow is the night. Speaking of tonight, BYU against number five San Diego. Come early or risk being sold out. What kind of atmosphere and environment do you anticipate tonight? It's going to be really intense. It's going to be a fun volleyball game. Um, this is like every game we treat like big, but San Diego, we really want to be. And so it's going to be a good game. Lots of energy. So, uh, the fans are encouraged to dress up. Um, what costume are you hoping to see tonight? Hoping to see, (laughs) um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hoping to She's be, I'm like, like, that's such a I, random I question. I think about this all the time. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing the game. Man. Uh, I, don't know I always the love the classic Napoleon Dynamite and Pedro. Okay. Nice. And Pe- it's a good one. Napoleon Pedro. and Pedro. Make it happen, bro, bro, Rock. Bro, bro, bro let's make it happen. No, me and you. Me and you. We'll talk, we'll talk after. We'll talk okay. After. Yeah, afterwards. <laughs> Your hair, you see, you could pull off Napoleon hair, actually. <laughs> no, no, I'm Pedro, man. <laughs> it makes sense for me to be <laughs> Come on, dude. Okay, Mary, for all intents and purposes, BYU's chances for a third straight outright league championship depend on the result tonight against San Diego, who has a two-game lead in WCC play. So how do you prepare mentally for an intense match like this? Um, I think a big part is realizing that's an intense match, but just treating it like any other. Our team has a lot of like routines we do before the game to get us in like a consistent mindset. And I think that's really important because you can't treat it like any other game because you can't control how they play. You can control just control how your side plays. And so just keeping it consistent and keeping it similar to how it's been is, I think, a big part of it. When I came here in 2009, the, the BYU um, football team, we had like 28 
I think, uh, home sellout straight, something like that. It was crazy. So playing at home was, was just huge. Um, with you guys, uh, there's 42 straight WCC matches that have won. So what does a streak like that mean uh, to you guys? Um, I don't really think about streaks a lot. I just mm, fair answer. Kind of play. I don't know. I think a big part is just game to game and trying not to overly stress or overly analyze a game and just play. That's good. That's that's that takes less pressure off you because it's like the fans. Oh no, we no no no. <laughs> just going out there allows you to play a little bit more free. Yeah, more loose. Yep. Okay, so for whatever reason, statistically, like winning the first set is such a big deal in the rally scoring era of volleyball. In fact, BYU is 17-0 when you win the first set. And you look at San Diego, the two matches they have lost, they have dropped the first set. Why do you mm. feel like that opening set is so influential in the outcome of an entire match? Um, well, I don't think it's necessarily like if you lose a first set, you just give up. But if you're playing well the first set, you're most likely to play well the second and third and fourth and fifth sets. And so... I think it's just the tone setter. Yeah, the just the, the mental, the yeah. mental mentality <laughs> of it. Um, so, so last time you guys played San Diego didn't go as as you guys you know planned. Um, what did your team learn from that match that would help you guys out tonight? Um, we definitely it was a big learning experience match. We took back a lot of things that like, immediately after um, we started practicing on, and I think we've gotten a lot better at. And it's hard to play a team at their own home crowd but um like a lot of defensive things and just little tweaking things here and there but i think that we'll be a lot more prepared and mentally prepared this time around mary lake on game day bringing it in (laughs) studio b let's give you some byu sports nation karma to go and perform at your highest level on the floor tonight (laughs) (laughs) is it normal (laughs) it's being it's normal it's not normal only when brian's here does that happen (laughs) thanks mary for the time (laughs) <laughs> Our rise and shout today brought to you by Dexter and Dexter for help when you need it most. And it's going to BYU women's volleyball yes. as a whole. And to Mary for showing up on a game day. This It's to set the tone tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time, live on BYU TV. I'll be on the call with Kristen Kozlowski. Twitter question, what's the one thing you want to see in future BYU football schedules? At Cisco Rue says, we want Bama. Bro tight. <laughs> 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 Do you really want Bama? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want none of that. Keep that over there in the SEC. Thanks to our guests, Mary Lake and Ken Palmer, and everyone on our crew. Conversation (laughs) continues 24-7. You almost broke me there, Brian. Oh, almost. For the B-Lo, Brian Logan, I am Spencer. Shout out to all y'all.